You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Enjoy local voices. Enjoy local opinions. All on one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast DC is the new local app with hundreds of DC area podcasts. Featuring some of the DC area's best personalities, pundits, and provocateurs. Earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts you love instantly. With new programs being added every week, don't hesitate. Download Podcast DC now for free. Available in the App Store or in Google Play. Podcast DC. Listen local. Say It Loud Network presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. So now you can just boast and be like, oh, I have 150 people on a roster, but if 75 are working, then you have to get rid of those 75. And it's no hard feeling because we like you, but clearly this relationship is not doing what we expected it to do. So let's end it now before there's any animosity and then we stop liking each other. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Yanis Joshua, co-owner and managing partner of the Technique Agency, co-founder of Global Beauty Tribe, and co-founder of BossCon. So before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode. And your feedback means so much to us. Make sure you leave a review and a rating as well as subscribe. So let's get started. Yanis is an established marketing expert and well-respected business leader within the worlds of beauty, talent management, and production. Yanis is the managing partner of the Technique Agency, a boutique management firm with beauty and lifestyle divisions representing glam professionals and business leaders. Since its rebranding in 2014, Technique has grossed over 7 million in sales. A serial entrepreneur, Yanis is also co-founder of BossCon, a company centered around women's professional and personal development, and Global Beauty Tribe, a digital platform curated for beauty professionals, creators, and enthusiasts of color. In addition to her amazing work, Miss Joshua also has done amazing work with the Ween Academy, teaching how she was able to help build a million-dollar brand. Recently, Yanni shared 15 things every entrepreneur must do to scale success that we are going to dive into. Make sure you check out theblondemisfit.com backslash Yanish Joshua for more. And with that, let's get into it. Yanis, welcome to Business of the Beat. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I feel like I made it. I feel like I made it to the promise. 
Well, it's been a long time coming, and I just want to thank you from episode one. I find it hard to believe we're like 28 in. From episode one, you have been commenting, liking, like when no one else was liking, you were liking and sending me such amazing messages, and you have just been great. And I just thank you for that, because as you know, it's hard when you're bearing your soul and coming from this place of vulnerability and having these conversations. And so you just, I can always count on you to support. So thank you. And I'm happy that you're giving your time. Well, listen, people need to know that you are the warm bucket of beauty. Okay. (laughs) So the people need to sit up straight and listen when you talk. Okay. That's what people need to understand and know. So I am very honored to be on the Biz of the Beat podcast. I cannot wait to dive in. Oh, my gosh. So we have so much to do. I am just, I'm so excited for this conversation. So I have to say, you and I, I mean, we met, we went through COVID together. We started a business together. We've had ups and downs and debates and conversations and tears. And, like, we are here. And we're still trekking along we're still friends. I mean, I got to be part of your birthday party, which was this. Uh, I mean, it was. That was amazing. Nicole did a good job. Yeah. Nicole did an amazing, amazing job. I was so touched. That was the best Zoom party I've ever attended. And I'm not just saying that because it was mine. It was, really good. <laughs> it was Wait, it was fantastic. Think of all the Zooms that we've been through. And the fact that your Zoom birthday, I mean, everybody from all walks of life, I got on and I was like, wow, you had people from your entire life, white, black, this, My that, celebrity, life. this, what, like My makeup artist. It was, was and ev- you know what, though? What made it so good is the genuine love that everybody had for you. And no matter what walk of life it was from, the consistency of you as a person and your giving spirit it just touched my heart in so many ways. Oh, thank you. Kenya. It did. Thank you. And you know, it's it's such a it's such a testament of really how I was raised because um, my parents, Grace and Victor Joshua, didn't play that right. You treated everyone with respect, and you treated everyone how you wanted to be treated. So, and you were honest with people, you know. And you and you know they taught that, and they also taught my sisters and I to, you know, everyone you meet, you should be nice to everyone. Right. But you love a few, you know, and that's how you preserve yourself. Oh my gosh. Be nice to everyone and love a few, because I feel like that's, Mm -hmm. you want everyone to feel, you you have to be nice and kind. Right. But then to preserve yourself. And I hadn't even thought of it that way. It really is about self-preservation because when you love mm-hmm. too many, it's so hard to love that many really it drains well. You. And it drains you. To really well. Yeah. Like, you really want people to feel a connection to you. And it's impossible to have a real connection with so many people. Yes. Like, a real loving connection with so many people. It will drain you, even though it's coming from the best of places. Um, and that is the, uh, the same type of mentality that we bring to our management style of techniques. You know, like we only manage and represent people that we like, yeah. you know, and, and it's like, and I don't even have to like, we may never eat a meal together. We may never share a drink. We may never go on a walk, but I have to genuinely like you to do the best work yes. for you. 
you know, and even with, and even with that mentality of, of you have to like the people that you're working with and on behalf of, um, there have been times that we've cut our roster because even though we've liked, we've liked these people, we weren't doing them any justice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it didn't make sense to hold people on a roster that are looking for work, that are looking to elevate their career. If you're not elevating, then it's just bottom heavy. So now you could just boast and be like, oh, I have 150 people on a roster. But if 75 are working, then you have to get rid of those 75. And it's no hard feeling because we like you. But clearly this relationship is not doing what we expected it to do. So let's end it now before there's any animosity and we stop liking each other. So that's what really, uh, that has been our ethos since about 2016. Like, you know, just to keep our roster manageable and with people that are working. And if people aren't working, let's examine why. And let's see if we really need to continue this this relationship with someone that we may like, but in this capacity, just not working. Well, and I'm so glad that you brought that up, especially in the context of like lessons learned, business evolution, kind of editing so that we can move forward. So let's talk about your journey, right? You talk about technique. How did you even get to this moment in time of where we are now? Because it's been so phenomenal. So tell us about you, your journey, where you grew up, everything that's happened since today. (laughs) So I am a Queens girl. um, And I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Thanks to Law and Order and Johnny Copperett. Like, I literally thought I was going to be an attorney. Uh, until it was actually, I was, believe I was 23. And I was one year out of undergrad. And I was actually reapplying to law school and studying to take the LSAT over. And I met uh, Erica Dotson, who is the co-founder of Indie Care. Because I also had a, a beauty blog, a, a beauty and fashion blog with my friend Crystal Hines called Ammo. And uh, I met Erica because we, uh, I found, I, I love hair extensions, obviously. Um, and um, and so I found the company in deep doing research just about like new companies that are on the market and, and what stuck out to me was the packaging. So long story short, contacted her, asked to interview her for the blog. A 30-minute interview turned into a two-and-a-half-hour conversation. Wow. Um, a month later, uh, Erica offered me a job, and I ended up being the third employee of the company. And it was for marketing assistant. And I said to Erica, well, I... I went to school for African-American studies and minored in philosophy of ethics. So I was not, you know, I did not go to school for marketing. And she said to me, well, do you know black women? And I said, yes. She said, do you know hair extensions? And I said, yes. And she said, well, I will pay you to mess up. I'm going to pay you to learn the job. Right. And in the early days, it was just Erica and I. Because again, I was the third, per- I was the third employee so, and the first employee in New York. Um, so, and Erica and I created the idea that hair extensions are not taboo, it's not a secret, it's a luxury. And it equals the Bergdorf of hair. And you need your, and, and hair is also an accessory. So you should have your Louboutin, your Chanel, and your Indique. Yes. And that caught on like wildfire. So we went from in the beginning when we started, when I started maybe two or three sales in our boutique a week 
And then April, we hit $10,000 in sales. Uh, May was 20,000. June was 30,000. July was 50,000. And this is when, and this is just in the boutique. This is, we're not talking about the, there's a boutique in Boston, there was online sales. So we're yeah. not even talking about the other uh, locations because everyone benefited from this idea. Um, and my time at Indeed, and again, I'm in my early 20s. So I went from marketing assistant to marketing director in six months because there wasn't much that I'd had much competition, right? So, um, but in that time, even though there wasn't many people working there, I had a great responsibility because now here I am, early 20s, never having any experience. And this is hands-on experience. And I'm dealing with, you know, uh, six and seven figure budgets. I'm dealing with some of the biggest celebrity stylists in the land. I'm dealing with, uh, I'm doing some of the most popular shows on television. So it was really trial by fire that taught me how to do this job. And the rest is history. (laughs) And the rest is history. So in terms of like, in terms of uh, in like jobs, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't had that many, but when I've been somewhere, I've been there and really stretched and really stretched the experience out and really gained and learned a lot from it. Well, and I think too, you know, it's not about how many, it's exactly what you said. Like, how have you stretched it and how have you learned, Right. You could be, there's people who have had multiple jobs or people who have had very few. It's what you take from that, what you learn from that, and what you apply into whatever it is you're doing next that really marks, you know, the journey and the why and the how. And so it's, it's, it's doesn't matter how many, it just matters like how impactful. And you talk about Takoa and you've mentioned her with the balloons, you've mentioned her with technique, like talk about that that relationship and how you came together and where was technique when you guys came together and what's the imprint that you really put into the company? How much time? Let me let me take a sip of water. Okay, well first let me preface that let me preface this story by saying this first. This is not conventional. This is not how I would uh, tell anyone to approach starting a business. Um, It's just not. But it happened to it worked for us. Uh Um, so please don't take this as the blueprint. Like, I don't want anyone listening to this podcast to say, I'm going to start a business broke as hell. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Do not. So I'll give you the cliff notes. I was in charge of one of my many jobs at and duties at Indeed was to be in charge of our pro stylist program, which I created. And my first pro stylist that I signed ever was Gabrielle Corny. Celebrity hairstylist Gabrielle Corny. And uh, Gabby would come into my office because we were always filming, we were always shooting, and she said, I'm working on this show. I can't tell you what it is. But the woman who hired me for it, you need to know. And I said, well, can you tell me her name? And she said, her name is Takoa, and you have to meet her. Like, she's amazing. Um, so this was in the winter of 2010. And the IBS show, the International Beauty Show, was coming up, and Indeed had had a booth, and we were sending the booth, and Gabby was um, was our platform stylist at the booth, and she said she came to me, and she said, "Can I use your pass? I got to get Takoa in." And I said, "Well, who is Takoa?" And she was like, "The woman that I want you to meet. Like you have to meet her." So I gave her my pass, and then this 
woman comes over, right? It's like maybe like 20 minutes later, someone comes over, very warm smile, but the most amazing glasses that I have ever seen, right? She had these black and white vintage Emilio Pucci glasses <laughs> that had a that had a smoke tint to it. I was like, damn, those glasses are amazing. So she was like, hi, I'm Sakola. Thank you so much for letting me use your pass. Um, and, you know, good luck on IBS. And I hope to speak to you soon. And I said, yeah, it was great meeting you. But, you know, we're working. We have like 40, mm-hmm. 50 people trying to buy hair at a time. Like, there's a lot going on at yeah. trade shows. So it was like very like. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Let me keep yeah, working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, a few weeks later, but I'm talking about no more than two weeks later, we had to shoot. And we needed hair and makeup. And I had no budget. When I'm talking about no budget, I mean zero. And they were like, my two bosses were like, you have to make it happen. And I said, well, what can I pay people with? And I said, I'm going to pay them with hair. Because in daycare, for those who don't know, it's very expensive. Yes. Right? Like, uh, like, so I hit Gabby. And I said, Gabby, what's the name of that lady? Tamika, Tanisha, Tawanda. She said, Chikoa. I said, yeah, what's her number? I need to talk to her. <laughs> right? So, um, now, meanwhile, I'm like 23, 24 at this time, right? And um, I called Tekoa and I said, hi, you know, we met at IBS and I, like, and I really want to connect with you because I need, to sh- I need to shoot and I know you represent some amazing hair and makeup, but I don't have any money. But I got a lot of this good old Indian hair. So how about I pay them the equivalent of their day rate in hair? And she said, I'm with it. And that started our business relationship, wow. right? Because, that, and that became my modus operandi. Mm-hmm. Like, people actually prefer to be paid in hair because it was so expensive. They used it, they resold it. Like, it, it, it worked for them better than cash, right? Because it's like they could double and triple. So I was like, whatever. You know, I probably pay, I paid very few people in actual cash because people actually preferred to be paid yeah. in hair. Um, so, we were so we started shooting content like two to three times a week. So that means I'm booking Tacoa's agency technique two to three times a week, um, and it became so it it became to the point where you could not work with Indeek unless you were signed to Technique. Wow! Wow! The Season one reunion of Love and Hip Hop, which was a show Gabby was working on, uh, happened a few months after our relationship started. And um, Tako came to me and said, listen, I need to transform these ladies. And I said, I got it. Because you know me. Yes. yes. I, I, I love a moment. <laughs> right? Like, we're gonna, yes. like, <laughs> we have to make this a moment. Okay? And I said, why don't you bring all the cast members to our office? Because our office in Soho was open concept. It had stone floors, everything was wide, it was surrounded with mirrors, and we had two um, salon stations and two shampoo bowls in the office because we always had to do hair back there. Um, so I said, how about you bring them all for a consultation? Like they get their own consultation. It's like they have a whole salon suite to themselves and it will be this whole moment and they're all wearing deep, right? Yes. And we're going to turn it out. We're going to make everyone look completely different. Shut the whole thing down, okay? <laughs> like, my bosses thought this was, like, they were like, yes, this is amazing. Like, and they looked amazing. And then when when the when the reunion aired, our signature product, our top one product was Pure Wavy. Sales went through the roof, was sold out for three months. 
Wow. Off of that show. Wow. Off of that one reunion show. Right? So now we're eating it up. Right? Everyone wanted. So now I have to top it. Right? How, how are we going to top it? So I'm sitting there because they're like, Anise, how are we going to top this? This is amazing. We got to do this again. <laughs> so I said, I got it. We're going to give the entire cast hair for the entire second season. Wow. Which is a Herculean task yeah. because now we're going to season two. So now everyone is really into their looks and into changing their looks. So that was a lot of money in hair, mm-hmm. right? That was like a six figure investment wow. in product alone, right? And then I had this whole plan where, you know, we would commit this much hair to each cast member. Wow. Um, and then, and, and each episode when it aired, we would have a style how to mm-hmm. from, we pick a look from each show and have a style how to from the stylist that created that look. Right? And you said you weren't a marketer. Yeah. I'm like, you just yeah. wrapped a 360 holistic product, product placement, marketing, sell through. Like kept it going. Yes. Kept it going. So, but what I didn't know was that the technique agency was a one man band ran by Takoa who worked from an iPhone three. Okay. So I, I thought they were like employees because she had a business partner, but you know, her business partner at that time was phasing out of, of the business. So I was only really dealing with Takoa, but there was only really Takoa to deal with. Right. So um and Takoa was still a working artist. She was still working on the show. But I had, but I had these deliverables, mm-hmm. right? And I knew I had to meet it because I had a very Herculean task. Mm-hmm. Like they committed all this money and hair and resources uh, on my face up. And people forget that so when I knew I had to products, even how great the return can be in terms of having to outflow cash, the products are also worth cash. So on the back end of the business you are giving your supply, then the demand comes and you may not have mm-hmm. it because, so it's, it's, have it yes. It. So it's so interesting. To, it's similar to when we talk about seeding now, like so many of our brands are like, well, I, I want to seed influencers, but I need like hundreds of products and that cousin to my profit. But then at the end of the day, it ends up doing what you did and it forces a sellout and you've created such goodwill halo that it continues to drive the brand forward. So so I really was able to strike while the iron was hot and I would constantly have to like chase her down because again, we weren't friends. We had a professional working relationship, but we didn't hang out on the weekends. We didn't go to dinner together. Like I didn't know what her name was. Like I knew nothing about her. Like, you know, I knew that she owned this agency and at the time she had the damn styling kits that I needed. So she needed to give yes, it. Yes, that's, yes. that's the extent of my knowledge of, uh, of Tico at that time. And even though she was hard to get in contact with, because again, I didn't know that she was a working artist, right? I didn't know she was still doing that. Uh, we always got a W, we always created magic. Each and every time. That was undeniable. Uh-huh. Fast forward to 2011. And um, I was falling out of love with my job. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like I had gone, like I felt like I'd reached the mountain. Yeah. It wasn't, I was like, what else could I do? Like I was facing burnout. My father was terminally ill. My relationship that was uh, that had been going on for over a decade had come to an end, so I was really at a, at a crossroads in my life, um, and I was twenty seven wow. at the time, twenty seven, and um, twenty seven, twenty eight, and I spoke to a clairvoyant. Oh wow! 
And a clear point is the one who told me that Chico and I would be business partners. Wow. Because at the time, that like that was not even in my plan. Like we, Chico and I had never discussed yeah. it. Like it was never a conversation. And and the and the clairvoyant said to me, I see a woman with a T. Oh my god. But not your sister. And she said, I see some it's T T E T E K because I'm some too. I'm like, who is she talking about with a T? And I said, Tacoa? She said, You and her are gonna turn the industry on a tech. Wow. That's what she called in twenty eleven. So fast forward to twenty twelve. My father dies of lung cancer. My my time at Indeek, I leave Indeek. And Chakoa calls me to give condolences. She said she was in Atlanta at the time yeah. filming Love and Hip Hop season, Atlanta season one. Um, and she called and she said, you know, I just want to call and say, I'm so sorry for your loss. You know, I know that, I know how much it's most hurt. You know, because I was a very, if you know, she's a very prayerful person. I always say she has a yes. direct line to Jesus, right? Yes. Um, so, uh, so, you know, she was just talking to me. It was really comforting because, again, we weren't friends. And I was appreciating these phone calls. But I was also rushing off the phone at that time. But she was the only one I really stuck around to listen to what she wanted to say to me. And then she's like, um, when you're looking for a job, why don't you come work at Technique? So I said, okay. She thought, you know, I'm looking for a marketing director now. So, you know, let's like, you could come work here and, and you know, let's do it. Wow. That's all right. Let me think about it. Did you tell right? her about the conversation and, with the clairvoyant at that point or was she nope. just asking? Wow. Nope. So we started working together. My first day at the company is November 30th, 2012. Wow. Right. Oh my gosh. And, and when, um, now, when I got there, right, when I got to Technique's office, it was in Tacoa's Brooklyn apartment. Because she was a company of one. <laughs> she had brought me on as a business manager. So for people who thought, like me, that Technique was a up-and-running operation, it wasn't. You know, it was a company of one until we came there. And she was still working as an artist. So it really was a company of half mm-hmm. because she was only giving half of her attention because she was still working and she brought uh the business manager and I on to really create the business. So this was all through in twenty thirteen. You know, we weren't really making money and and it was just a very tumultuous year. Long story short, twenty fourteen, no, we got to get this part. So <laughs> December of this is important because this is the gotcha gotcha. So I came on as marketing director, right? And marketing director, an employee was getting paid very little whenever we did get paid. Um you know, it and but I loved the work that I was doing, right? Because I really had the I had the runway to do what I wanted. I mean, but I didn't necessarily have the bandwidth yet to really stretch myself to the limits that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so December 2013, our business manager had has left, right? Has left the company. So this is Tacoma and I, and we were going to close for the holidays. So it's not Christmas yet, yeah. right? So we're like a few days away from Christmas. And if you know me, you know I'm a huge holiday yes. person. And Christmas is, is my yes. jam, okay? So Tacoa said, okay, well, let me pay you for Christmas and then I'll see you next year. I said, okay. She signs me to the Chase Mobile app. Okay. $43.75 
in all the accounts total. Wow. Okay, total negative forty three dollars and seventy five cents. And she looks at me and says, "Do you want to be my business partner?" <laughs> so, and instantaneously, I said yes. I didn't even think about it. Wow. And here's what I said: Yes, I had made millions for other people, so I knew how to do it. Now let me do it for myself. Yes. And and that's how we became partners. And so we came back in January, and the first week of January, we lost our entire book of business. We lost all of our clients except for one show. We only had one show. We lost all of our artists except for 10. And this is from when we came back to the Monday after New Year's to the Friday. So the week before my 30th birthday, we had nothing. So I said, well, this is no time like the present to level everything and start over from the top. And we restructured everything. Like it was it, it it was it was at that time we call that time Armageddon, right? <laughs> because it was it was the worst of it, right? And we called our office Camp David, wow. because where does the president go to strategize and make it happen? Camp David. Yeah. So we had a whiteboard, and I wish we still had this whiteboard. I wish we had a picture of this whiteboard where we created the we decided we wanted to be a corporation, right? And we created the entire structure of the company. And I'm talking about we created all the departments, the legal department, the mail room, the finance department, like the administrative department, chief of staff, CEO, CFO, COO, account directors. We filled, we create, we said, what are all the things that we need and where can we fill it in? Wow. Right. Where are we going to start filling it in? Like we got new email addresses. Like I'm telling you, it was literally a clean slate. We, we said, can, which, what attorney can we afford? So we can start redoing these contracts. How are we going to go get our clients back? More importantly, how are we going to get artists back? Like, what do we have to do? And it was very strategic. And when we got stuck, we turned on scandal. (laughs) And we would would literally turn on scandal, get motivated, and go to work. And we did that for, it was was a year. So So we worked for six months. And probably saw maybe fifteen hundred dollars wow. in six months. Like we were splitting turkey sandwiches from the bodega. We were making no money. Chicoa, whose day rate when she retired from it a few years ago was twenty five hundred dollars a day, was working for seventy five dollars, a hundred dollars, hundred twenty five dollars, just so we right could eat. <laughs> right, like because we were literally restructuring this business, and there were a few things that we decided from the beginning when we leveled it and we filled the thing. We said two things: we said one, this is going to be a family business, and we said two, this is going to be a business that's going to stand the test of time. And it was those two things that really kept us moving through our restructuring. So we worked six months, fifteen hundred dollars. Thanks to Nicole Newsom, who was a dear friend. Well, didn't start off a dear friend, but is a dear friend now. She was a client first. Gave us a first contract with Shea Moisture. She called me one day. She said, uh, hey, um, my homegirl Jamila, who we have in common, Jamila Cummings, um, gave me your contact information. I do PR over at Shea Moisture. We're releasing a new pro- uh, product, and we have activations all over the country we need makeup artists and hairstyles and massage therapists and nail techs. Can you do it? It's an eight-month you contract. Like, yes, yes, exactly. You Sign us up. Yeah. So I'm on the phone. Like, I'm on the phone, and I'm like, 
yes. And I'm like scribbling on the whiteboard. And then at one point, but I have terrible handwriting in general. So let alone like when I'm writing fast. At one point I put, I put Nicole on mute and I said to Koa, get the book, the money (laughs) is coming. So she goes into her bedroom, closes the door and just starts going through her whole Rolodex all over the country. She's like, where am I booking? I said everywhere, all 50 states, Antarctica. I don't care. But just let them just find go, go. And we did. So in 2014, we ended 2014 making, think rounded out at about 100K. Uh, 2015, we rounded out at maybe 200, 250K. 2016, we hit our first million. Wow. Wow. That's the hardest. People don't understand. That is staying in business. The first first million is the hardest hardest money to get. When When you're in pursuit of growing, you know, a million dollars because of, because before we couldn't see it mm-hmm. right we could not like we couldn't see through the through the mire we didn't know how much we were going to make so we were just like whatever we're throwing anything up against the wall and seeing if it, what would stick mm-hmm. 2015 we had a better idea but we were still learning and we still couldn't even afford the, what we truly needed like you know great legal representation a great accountant you know mm-hmm. great support staff um but 2016 is when we really hit our stride, you know, and so that first, and that there's always a meme that goes around or it was a video clip. I forget who said it. Um, like the first million is the hardest. It's the hardest. It's the hardest. But like Jay-Z said, I made a million dollars, make a million more. Yeah, exactly. Cause what you do it, it's like, but you know what I love? It's one of the things that you said um, in terms of, just like tips for entrepreneurs. And you talk about the fact that like you celebrate your wins. However, remember you're only as good as your last hit. (laughs) So it's the same thing. I say it all the time. Yes. Like, like don't rest on those walls. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is if you're only making a million dollars, then you're a one trick. Exactly. Exactly. Like, what do you do? What do you sustain? And so, so you hit your first million, you're 2016. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're going, growing, building, and then fast forward to mm-hmm. 2020, and what yeah. happens and bring me into present day because it's so dynamic where you were, the pivot, going back. I love that Camp David. I'm going to start using that with my team. We're going to Camp David. <laughs> we're going to Camp David. <laughs> like we, we, we were in it. And you know, one more good thing about that. One more thing about that point, about that time period, that twenty four. Before I go into what happened in twenty twenty, um, Tacoa was on the phone with her mother, Nancy Joe, and Nancy Joe and Tacoa put me on with her, and she was like, "How how you doing? What's going on?" And I said, "Nancy Joe, this is Hell Week," and she said, "No, it's not, baby. It's Victory Week." Wow. You got to claim it as a victory. Wow. Claim it as a so victory. So anytime we had, yep. so we'd always call it victory week. And then my father was quite a wordsmith. And he would never say he had a bad day. He would always say he had a character building day. Wow. That's amazing. So that's what we say, mm-hmm. right? So we don't have hell week. We have victory week. And mm-hmm. if you have a bad day, you have a character building day. Because there's always a lesson to make you better for the next one. So the character building day. So 2020. So where are we in 2020? 2020? By March 1st, we were already halfway to our annual goal. 
So we were, you know, we were moving and grooving. We had we had a ton of great artists on our management arm. We had amazing um, talent that we were managing. You know, this time we were managing Bruce Butterfield Jones, and we were managing uh, Ashinta Sharif, and we were managing Tim Wallace. Uh, so we really had a great roster on both sides of the spectrum. By uh, March 15th, so we also had nine shows in production. Because this is beauty, right? So let's talk about the beauty side of it. We had nine shows in production, in current production, with another nine shows slated to start within the next three months. Oh my god! And it all came to a screeching halt. Wow. So in so March sixteenth was when our first production went down. Oh my god! By March twentieth, we had lost approximately about a million dollars in sales. Wow. But the kicker is, we went through Armageddon. Right? <laughs> like, we been, we, we had we had we went through the shang of the turkey sandwiches and the whole bit. Right? We did that. All right. So we went back into that mode. Wow. And we said, first of all. How are we going to survive? Second of all, how are our artists going to survive? Right? Because they're freelance. Right? right? So what are they going to do? What resources can we give them to make sure that they are getting every bit of government funding possible that they have access to? Um, Being a resource because it was so hard. It was so hard to even know what to do. Yeah, sorry, three. It was so hard, but I, but but that but that's like that's my mind. Like I am the I am of the two of us. I'm the one that is I'm the managing partner, right? So that's what I do. So it's like, all right. So what what are we going to do financially, legally? What are we going to do about these contracts, insurance wise? Do we have any coverage? Nope, insurance wow. does not cover COVID. So we spend all this money in business insurance, and here is where you would think you would need to call upon it, and you couldn't. No one could. No one could. You know, everyone had, yeah, no, no one, no one could. could. It, it was not covered. So, so the next short step was, how are we going to pivot? And that's where Technique Production was born. That's where Global Beauty Tribe was born. And it was really during this time when there was this meme. And, you know, I'm, before I said that, I want to say this. You know, yeah. people, everyone had the right and should not feel bad if you did not leave out of the other side of this with a book written. Yes. You didn't cut an album. You know, <laughs> you didn't learn how to sell. You didn't learn the language. Like, if you literally could not do any of that, it's fine. So I said to say, like, however, 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 whatever your experience was, it was yours. Yes. But there was a meme that was going around. I think I sent it to you, Kendra. Yeah. I sent it to, like, everyone. Yeah. And it said, this pandemic is going to make millionaires, billionaires, or witnesses. Yep. <laughs> I was not going to be a witness, okay? We were going to make this thing happen. And that's what we did. And um, that's the beauty of actually, where we are, the support that we're getting, like, it because we weren't set up to survive. It was almost, I mean, I just mm-hmm. think that we weren't. And so I do think that the flowers, like I say to people, Black women, we're trending. We're the most popular thing, the most sought after thing, and we should be because of everything that has that we've had to overcome. And I was saying to someone, I cannot speak for anyone else in their race. I am a black woman. I identify as a black woman. And so I have the lived experience of where I'm going through. And so I can speak confidently about where we are and be proud and say that we are due and we are owed the respect. 
there are a lot of people Absolutely. that are owed their respect and I'm not taking away from them. Absolutely. This is about standing side by side on my belief, my power and what I have lived. And I don't have to apologize for feeling that way, believing that, supporting that and speaking about it. And the people who have lived on the side of their experience, they should speak about that too. Like we all Absolutely. have a voice to speak on. And one voice is not worth more than the other. Exactly. And that's the respect. And I think even that goes back to what you were saying in the beginning in terms of how you were raised and be nice to everyone and love and love a few, right? Because you have to treat everyone with respect. That's literally what you said. And that's what we do. And we still have to protect ourselves. And we still have to make sure that we are nourishing ourselves, thinking of ourselves, creating our own Camp David, finding sources of inspiration and then leaning on those when we need the help, right? And I think that's another mm-hmm. thing that I love that you said too, when you were giving your tips, take mental health breaks, right? Because it's important that mm-hmm. as we go through this, that we acknowledge, and especially for you guys, not, you know, you've got the weight of the artist and the people that you've, so the community that you've supported, that you've built a business around, and then you have, I'm a founder and I'm not going to take my own pay from May through November. And then I'm also grappling with the people around you in your love circle, losing other loved ones. It's a lot. And I think that it's important to your credit to advise founders, entrepreneurs, everyone to take time for their mental health. You literally have to. Like, I cannot tell you how important that is mm-hmm. you know and you and you as founders and kendra i know you know because i mean you are one of the hardest working women in beauty um you work to the bone when you start working right it takes so much energy mental yes. tenacity to close the kind of deals we close yes. okay because we're talking about <laughs> three-figure deals. You're talking about five, six, seven-figure deals. And those six, seven-figure deals, you have to go in there. I, I always say, and, and I really got this from uh, Ava DuVernay. I'm paraphrasing it, though. Uh, when she said that she had to do business like Brad, what would the white man yeah. do? Exactly. And I thought, and when I, when I heard her say that, a light bulb went off of my head. Because Brad and Bob are going to want the best, the most, and they're going to want it yesterday. Exactly. Okay? Delivered by courier. So, and and it's so with that same energy, because I'm like, if Brad can have it and Bob can have it, then why can't Anise have it? Why can't Tacoa have it? Why can't Kendra have it? And I say it all the time. If you call my phone, you better be calling to talk about money. (laughs) I love that. And that is a great culmination for this conversation. Like I said, I wanted, I just, you are just one of my favorites and the passion that you lead with the taking risks, the taking chances. Like it's so, it's so encouraging. And I love that because I think so many people are scared to talk about money, scared to ask for money. They're scared to talk about money. They're scared to ask ask for money. money. So so if I could leave any, with, drop with it, the drop listeners it, of this amazing it. podcast, I would say this: all money isn't good money. Yep. Okay, we had a client that brought in six figures in less than a year. 
and I fired said client. Didn't even blink about firing the client. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because when the client called my phone, I cringed. Wow. When I got a text message, I cringed. Mm -hmm. When an email came through looking to do business with the client, I cringed. I did not want to do the job. And that goes back to you have to like who you're working on behalf of. Because I'm not going to do the best job for you if I don't even want to talk to you. If I don't even want to pick up the phone and say hello to you, how am I going to go and get you the most bang for your buck? Mm -hmm. And the day I fired this client, Mia, our chief of staff was in the office. Um, My boyfriend, Michael, had come for lunch. (laughs) And the client called, ready to rip. Okay? Like, and I, and I, and I'm a slow boil. Like, I don't, and then you can't, right? You can't in our positions, right? Yeah. Kendra, you can't fly off the deep end because when you fly off the deep end, you're making a statement. So your default cannot be, and this is for any founder and any entrepreneur and anyone in a leadership position, your default cannot be to be erratic, especially as a black woman, to be angry because they already label us as that anyway, yeah, right? So I'm not going to feed into that. And I had I had the client on speakerphone because <laughs> I needed a witness because I knew Tako was not going to believe this because this was, this was even planned. So the client is going off on me. I'm ignoring. I'm not listening. I'm not doing this. Mind you, I had just closed a $95,000 deal mm-hmm. <laughs> for this client. So you're like, mm-hmm. I'm not listening. So I said, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I know I'm one of the best in this business. And I know before me, the numbers that you receive now were only things that your dreams were made of. So we have reached the end of the road. This is our last deal together because clearly you and I are no longer a match. Wow. Michael looked at me. He looked at Mia. <laughs> Mia picked up the phone, called Tekoa, and we slipped out the door. She was like, Tekoa, Tekoa, and just, and just had it on FaceTime. Right. So now now the demeanor changes. Right. Because because the client thought that I was going to meet meet them where they were at. Nope. Because I know what I did mm-hmm. and I did my best and I don't even like you. And I did my <laughs> Just, best. You're like, and I don't even like you. And it was the most liberating day. I said, Michael, let's go to dinner. Um, Nia, take the rest of the day off. Like, I was done, you know, because I felt like we just needed to decompress yes. and be okay in this decision. Yes. So then, uh, so then Chikoa called, right? Because went to, she was on FaceTime, right? And, and saw this whole thing and saw like the whole exchange. She went on for like another 10, 15 minutes. And I'm like, there's nothing to say. You will have a dissolution agreement tomorrow. And at the same time, I'm emailing our charge. Please send dissolution agreement to blah, 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 blah. Like, done. Like, I was done. And Tekoa, when Tekoa called me, because we have, like, office phones, right? <laughs> so Tekoa called me an office phone. And I had her on speakerphone, and she said, how do you feel? And I said, made a million dollars, make a million more. That's how I feel. And it also becomes a matter of time, that mental health, and protecting your resources as well, right? Because you're like, mm-hmm. I made a 95 for you. I didn't even like you. Imagine what I could do 
the time that I spent on that versus the time that I could have spent on someone that I did like for double. And I think it, you know, this goes back to another, I love these, these um, tips that you've been giving out. One of them that you said was don't chase the money. You won't catch it. And I think that that's the perfect, perfect, perfect balance and story of that. Because so many times, and I know I've, I have definitely fallen into this trap where you're just like, oh, I know I can do it. I'll just do it. It'll be a quick this and that for the sake of money and less for the sake of what I know to be true, what I know I'm passionate about, where I know my intentionality should be. And so it, it really is. Don't chase the money. You won't, you won't catch it. You cannot, you cannot chase money. You will never, you will never catch yeah. it. You know, and, and like you said, you've done it. We did it in the beginning uh, when we were uh, when we were restructuring and we were doing anything and anything, anything, you know, like you need us to walk your dog. We do. You need to plan an event, do it. Make a sandwich. We do that, too. Like whatever it was, I was going to bring in revenue. And it wasn't until uh, she was at the time exec at BET said to me, well, what is it that you do anyway? And walked away from me. Like didn't even wait for the answer. Because she was just like, it's too much. I don't know. I can't figure this out. I'm out. <laughs> and I, and I uh, texted Sakoa and I said, we have to, tomorrow, we got to figure this out. And once we streamline what it is that we are, what we do, who we represent, how we do it, once we really create our company ethos is really when tides change because we weren't chasing money. We were chasing a purpose. Well, and I, I love this. Like I, I literally have been following and for all of our listeners, I'm going to share this amazing article that Takoa did with the Blonde Misfit, where she shared her 15 tips for entrepreneurs. And this is another one that you talk about was be clear on what your business is. Do you know what your business is? Are you clear about what you're doing and that it's not a nine to five, right? And so I love how you're saying that because sometimes you do have to go back to the drawing board or even not the drawing board to the whiteboard and literally say, let's get back Mm -hmm. to the board what our business is and how do we pivot? How do we expand? But at the core, we have to be clear on what that is, what that elevator pitch is, what makes people understand. And then to your point, what makes us show up? Because you also talk about creating your vision, your mission, right? That goes back to your purpose outworking everyone because it is our company and that is where as founders that's what separates everyone was not meant to be a founder everyone was not meant to be an entrepreneur and that's fine because we have to have entrepreneurs we have to have leaders executive workers right assistants but if you are going to take that step and take that role then you do have to create the vision and outwork everyone around you and that's what you I love to. about you and, and unabashedly say it, live it, prove it and be it. And that's really, you know, that's really what you've done. And so I'm just, I'm so thankful that you could share with us, that you shared so openly with us, um, that you gave us and left us with all of the tips that we all need. And um, as we close out <laughs> every show, we always ask like, what's one brand? And I know it's hard and I know that you represent a ton of amazing artists, but what's one brand that you're excited about that our listeners should really check out? And it can be in any industry, any category. We just like to spread the love with our community and brands. 
you know, I was thinking about this question because I really cannot choose one thing. Like I was thinking about like all the things that I use on a regular basis that I absolutely love. And I was like, how am I going to tell Kendra just one? <laughs> because there's so many things I've been using for so long that are so good. So I have like four. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. We love, we'll take them all. <laughs> okay. So we have, uh, an artist on our roster out of Atlanta named Jasmine Rylington who created a hair oil. It's called the Gram, the Glam Room uh, All Grown Out Hair Oil. I've been using it for years. That thing has brought my hair back from the doldrum. Wow. Like it, like it is like I, I am not without it. Like I will anytime and she she has these constant restocks that she does. Anytime there's a restock I buy, I have my mother using it, I have my nephew using it, I have my boyfriend using it. Like everyone uses this oil. So if there's a if there is anyone who's struggling like they had hair breakage or they're trying to grow their hair out, like I don't know, like it is the best thing. I have been using it for years. I'm a faithful user and I buy at full price. Okay, so this is not even like <laughs> full price. Let's <laughs> let's be clear at full price. Okay, I'm never like Jasmine. I can't get no discount. No, I literally buy at full price every single restock. That's one. Um, two, I'm very much into my skin and organic skincare nyc alita does the best facials in the world and she started making her own oils and making her own uh face masks and serums and these are all things that she uses in her during her services but now you can buy it and use it at home oh, wow. wow always always have some if it's not my i swear by the rosehip oil uh the himalayan clay mask like that is and her toner that is what I, I have to have that. And then um, I wear a lot of wigs. <laughs> Michael's joke is always, I, I can never just run up on you on the street because you can leave home looking one way and then meet me later on in the day looking another way. So I never know how you're going to look <laughs> when, when, I, when I see you. Um, and two of our artists, both out of Atlanta, make some of the best wigs in the industry. Tasha Mack and Tiana Allen make some of the, like, I'm talking about the thinnest lace, the best hair quality. They do amazing color jobs. Love. Mm -hmm. Love. Love, love, love all those products. So I would swear by any of those items, if you use it, it will change your life. I promise you. Wow. Wow and Wow. Those are so helpful. And I pay for all those. All those, I listen, I pay full price. I just want to let you know that, okay? Like, I go in there and, I, and I'm like, I want that wig, or this is my vision. This is this how I want to look like. This is what I'm thinking. And they literally, they literally create it. Wow. Right? Like they, like, they can create whatever it is that I think of in my head. Oh, my God. You know, so it is amazing. And then people literally think, that is my hair. And I'm like, this is the point. <laughs> this, is why you, this is why you need it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's job. I love Where's that. the lace? You don't know. Me either. Right. <laughs> so, like, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much again, Yanis. That was inspiring, encouraging. We loved hearing your story and all the moments in between. 
So thank you so much. And every week I share an influencer I'm checking out in honor of the great content and tips for all of our founders and entrepreneurs. Make sure that you check out at the blonde misfit. That's at T H E B L O N D E M I S F I T. And as always, I want to leave you with one thing from today's guest. And that's remember, there's always a lesson. So make sure you listen, you learn, and you take that lesson with you onto the next one. So don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode. And make sure you leave us a rating and a review and subscribe. Until next week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and Celessa Baker. Edited by Fishmar Creative. Executive producers Ken Johnson, Andrew Kalb, and Omar Thompson. Find Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, Radio.com, or where you get your podcasts. Please follow, subscribe, and rate us. Business of the Beat is a Say It Loud Network production. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.